Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. On this episode of VOE, we'll explore what you need to know to craft a demo reel that demonstrates your virtual capabilities and that converts. Stay until the end and you'll get a juicy new revenue generating strategy as well for virtual. Are you ready? Let's go. Today on Voice of Experience, we have Chuck Gallagher, CSP. Chuck is gonna talk to us about updating our demo reels. Now, Chuck is an owner of Primo Productions where he's done demo videos for several of our Hall of Fame speakers. Now, not only that, but he's currently producing virtual programs for many large organizations around the US and he's in on hiring speakers. So he knows what organizations are looking for right now. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chuck. Crystal, it is my pleasure to be on VOE as a guest. Now, yeah, this is amazing because you were actually the last VOE host before me. So does it feel like you come back home now? It does. This is a wonderful thing. And hats off to you for a great job. It's a labor of love and a lot of work. And you are just knocking it out of the park. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate you. Well, let's go ahead and dive right in here on demo videos because I know everyone listening is trying to figure out what do we do next? Why should speakers care about demos right now? There's so much going on. We're pivoting so many things in our businesses. Why should we care about demos? Well, I think there's two reasons primarily. A lot of us tend to have demo reels that we may have done one, two, or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's showcasing us on stage because that's what meeting planners were looking for. Mm -hmm. Except we're not on stage. So therefore, we need to be willing to pivot and show a demo reel that says we are competent and capable of delivering amazing in a virtual world. Okay, so we have to showcase that we're capable of presenting in a virtual world. What are the biggest mistakes you're seeing speakers doing right now, though, regarding demo videos? It could be those that aren't creating them. It could be some of the ones you've already seen. What, what's the biggest mistake you're seeing? Okay, so if, if I'm going to be really, really good in a virtual world, mm -hmm. I, in my mind, uh, there's three things that have to take place. Okay. Uh, number one, my content has to be really good. Now, we'll assume people listening to this have great content. Number two, the audio has to be really good. And for the most part, what I'm hearing is, is pretty good. It's not bad. Okay. But the third one, and this is the one that's challenging, is the video has to be visually stimulating. Mm. Now, let me just dissect for a second, Crystal, visually stimulating. If you are on stage, or if I'm on stage live, you have the stage, you have the place where the PowerPoints or whatever our visual is going to show, we're walking around, we're engaging with the audience, there is visual stimulation taking place. But when you're relegated to looking at a screen, sitting there, seeing someone on the other side of a computer screen with their bookcase behind them, no disrespect. I know I'm going to offend somebody and I'm not trying to do that, right. but that is not visually stimulating. Mm. If you're going to be visually stimulating and I equate this to Netflix, okay. pick a program. Don't care what the program is. Pick a program, okay. turn it on tonight, watch on Netflix. And when you see an image count one, two, Three, I challenge you to count to five before that image visually changes. It may be a different angle. It may be if, you, if it was you and I in a Netflix program, mm -hmm. it's got to be you 
to me, to the two of us, back to you, but something's going to be visually moving that keeps our eyes connected and stimulating. And that's what we've got to show meeting planners we're capable of doing so that the participants are engaged and want to stick with what's happening in that meeting. So this is powerful. What I got from that is you're talking about how we need different camera angles. We need different visuals. And I think some people that are listening right now, some of our fellow speakers, they might be thinking, but I don't do all that in my actual virtual meeting. I don't do all that in my webinar, whatever term they use. They might speak on calmness and being centered. But what I'm gathering then is that you're not saying the program has to have all those things. You're just saying by the time we create our demo reel, we need to have some of those elements to make that interesting. Am I understanding correctly? Actually, yes. And I'm going to go two different roads with that. Yes, okay. the demo reel, the demo video needs to have visually stimulating material. If it's cutting to B-roll, if it's a different camera angle. Okay. And by the way, B-roll is really, really powerful when you think about what we're doing. Okay. But it's got to be something that causes someone to take a look and say, holy crap, that's better than what I've seen from other people. Hmm. And, 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 and in all fairness to all of us as speakers, and I don't mean this in a rude way, but we all kind of were handicapped at the same time. I mean, COVID hit and we weren't on stage. And then the question is, okay, so if I'm going to do a presentation and my topic's ethics, so hmm. if I was going to do a presentation on ethics, how am I going to bring that to life? Hmm. So I need to be able to show in my demo reel that I can do that. But I'm also going to say, Crystal, I also need to think differently about how I do that presentation with the group. Because a lot of meeting planners don't know what to ask for. They think they know what they want, but this is new territory for them. So we have to introduce them to the concept of what it can be. And virtual is unlimited because well, it's limited to our imagination. So that's powerful because you're, you're saying that we can use other elements. It doesn't have to be all our own stuff. We can have B-roll, we can have different things. And it sounds like they don't all need to be the same flavor either. I mean, I know for those that are listening, I'll give some examples that I've seen. I don't know if you've seen these ones, Chuck, but just from some of our fellow speakers, Jason Hewlett, he has an amazing new demo uh, video that showcases the fact that he can do virtual. Joe yeah. Mole and Kieran McCullough, they took a totally different angle and they introduced humor you know, while they were also showcasing what they were capable of. So it sounds like we can we can still do things that fit our personality. Is that correct? Like they don't they don't all need to look like 2020, right? No, it doesn't all need to look like 2020. And absolutely, we should do things that, you know, showcase our personality and who we are and what we do. Okay. But, I, you know, the thing that when I'm sitting there talking with the speaker about the demo reel, it's what problem are you solving? How can you bring that to life? Mm -hmm. And then start getting really creative about what can actually happen. Because, again, if I'm speaking live, I'm limited by the amount of money that association wants to spend on the AV crew. Right. But if I'm doing virtual, I got no limits. And a lot of what's happening virtual these days, although people resisted it a bit, is pre-recorded. And our job is to help meeting planners understand what can take place. So the demo sets up the expectation of what can take place. And then it's up to us to bring that to life for the meeting planner. So we can actually help them stretch through our demo 
video. We can actually make the industry better by saying, hey, we can try out these things that maybe you don't normally see. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to give you a quick, simple example. I was doing a presentation for a CPA association, so and it was three hours of ethics. So I, I know everybody's just sitting there thinking, oh, how what, what a titillating presentation that must have been. <laughs> but they were talking about, you know, it needs to be interactive and so forth. And I said, okay, okay no problem. So what I did is I pre-recorded the entire program. However, the meeting participants had no idea. Okay. So at a certain point, I said, okay, now I'm going to ask you a question and I need you to respond. And look, we've got 300 plus people on this, so I'm not going to unmute everybody on Zoom, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put a two-minute countdown clock and I want you to text me your answer. I promise the text will not spam you. Nothing's going to happen bad. Just text me your answer. So the two-minute countdown, I asked the question, clock started, my phone blew up. But now, Crystal, keep in mind, I pre-recorded the entire program. Wow. So the participants felt like it was live. Right. I knew what the answers were going to be. I don't mean disrespect with that, but I've done this so much. I knew what the answers were going to be. So when I came back after two minutes, I'm scrolling up my phone and I'm like, man, you all blew up my phone. This is amazing. Look at the <laughs> answers you've given me. In fact, I said, hey, some of you got really creative. I can't repeat that answer on Zoom because this is recorded. But let's talk about some of the ones that I'm seeing a pattern on. Mm. And then we continued on. Now, what's the moral to the story? At the end of it, what ended up happening was two days later, the association called and said, we got the highest rating for, from any of our live or virtual meetings on your program, we're shocked. Could wow. we replay that? Did you record it by chance? I thought that was funny because I'd recorded it two weeks early. <laughs> yes, of course I recorded it. So now they're replaying it on a revenue share Oh. And they decided they're going to market that or help me market that to the other 49 state associations who likely would have an interest as well. So if we're creative as speakers, we can really think about how can we make something that we do once become usable over and over again? Oh, that's delicious. Now you've moved into licensing and all other wonderful places. I love this. Absolutely love it. You know, we need to think differently. And, and I look, I, I, I'm going to be the first person to say this, and I, this is a really practical way of, for me to put it. I like Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, great actor, okay? Now, Tom Hanks could be on a Broadway stage, and I'm sure that is exciting to be in a Broadway play, to see Tom Hanks, to get the energy from the audience. And so all of us as professional speakers, we're like Broadway actors or actresses. We get that energy from the audience. But Tom Hanks makes more money by being in a movie. <laughs> so the question comes down to what if as professional speakers, we're able to create content that is so powerful that we can sell it over and over and over again and never have to physically be there live to do that. And that's what's taking place now with us at Primo Productions. That's powerful because I think that's happening on some level with all speakers. We have the capability doing virtual now. Some of us fought it for a while. I mean, I knew how to do it. I do webinars occasionally, but if I can be honest, Chuck, it wasn't my bread and butter. It was keynoting. Well, now I keynote through virtual, right? So. Right. It sounds to me like it's not that much more work. It's just being tactical in how we do this. Well, it's tactical in how you do it, and it's opening our minds to creativity. Okay. A perfect example, uh, I'll give you two different ones. Meredith Elliott Powell came in and recorded a virtual keynote. Okay. 
I'm using the word recorded. It was pre-recorded. The client wanted it that way. Okay. But she has since been able to take that exact pre-recorded keynote and sell it over and over and over again. So wow. she can play golf while someone is watching her do a keynote. Or the same thing is true with Steve Gilliland, who's a Hall of Fame speaker. We recorded his virtual keynote. And again, in circumstances with different associations, that's being sold over and over again. Mm-hmm. And for most of us, we've kind of resisted because we love the on-stage thing, right. but we've got to be willing to help people see beyond where we are. And I think you, because you and I are different generations, mm-hmm. you and I, I think, would both agree that now that we've gone virtual, eventually we will get more live, sure enough. Yes. But if I'm a betting man, I'm betting those will be amazing events, big events, and a lot of what used to be live will end up going virtual for a lot of associations because they recognize, you know what, we can do this and it's not bad. I think the cost savings for certain types of organizations, I I do think that virtual is here to stay with a much larger presence than pre COVID. Uh, And I agree with you. We're certainly going to have in person again, people crave that, but yes. So we, you know, I, I think we're all in this wonderful training opportunity. So thank you for sharing that. So let's get down to the bare bones, okay? So someone's saying, all right, I know that I need to do this demo. I need to be able to mention the fact that I do virtual. Maybe not the whole thing's about virtual, but I need to explain that I do that. When I think about what essential elements need to pop up in there, right? Because I know you talked about B-roll and stuff, but literally the elements that sell you, what items should be included in demo reel, in your opinion, from your experience to make planners or event professionals buy right now? Okay, so I think the interesting part about this is, is what I'm seeing as a trend is the virtual demo reel is shrunk to roughly two minutes. I'm not seeing it go beyond two and a half, but somewhere between 145 and two and a half tends to be that range. And it is literally a separate demo reel. It is a virtual demo reel, which says, what I love to do live, I can replicate virtually. Here's my methodology. I know Dan Thurman has done a beautiful demo reel and has created a wonderful studio in his home. But even if you don't have the studio, the question becomes, what problem am I solving? Because my sense is from talking with associations and working with some of them to hire speakers, they're looking for a problem to be solved that we can clearly provide value to their membership. So what problem do I solve and what's my methodology of being able to do that virtually? Okay. Now I'm taking notes over here. I'm, I'm getting some things together myself. Thank you for that. Last question for you, or I think last question. I don't know. You give such good answers. I might have to do some follow-ups. We'll see. So when it comes to actually constructing this, right, we all are working from different budget levels and stuff. And I'm of the opinion that I think when it comes to websites, videos, that's really where you spend the bulk of your marketing dollars. That's my opinion from what I've seen because people hire you based on your video especially. But let's just say in general, maybe there's some people that right now just kind of have to DIY it for the time being, okay, to get something out there. How would you suggest, if there's any, you know, big do and big don't, do they just chop up their videos and Zooms and paste them together? Like, (laughs) can you give any direction for those folks that, you know, they need to create something, but maybe the flow of money has stopped right now. So we, you know, we have to be um, crafty and, and get it in. Yeah. And here's the thing I would say, 
if you were thinking about what would you want to see, I think mm-hmm. that's a really great starting point from a speaker's perspective, okay. because we can do a lot of do-it-yourself stuff and be creative. Mm-hmm. So if it were me, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking on a budget, what am I going to do? First thing I would do is I would look at speakers who I incredibly respect, who have virtual demo reels, and ask myself the question, what do I like mm-hmm. and what don't I like? Mm. Because from my perspective, Crystal, you're compete. We're all look. We love each other, but we're right. competing with each other. Right. Okay. So we're competing in the marketplace to be the person selected to do the virtual program. So I'm a simple-minded guy. I'm going to Google people. I'm going to look at their virtual reels. I'm going to ask myself, what do I like, and then how do I create that? Mm. And let's really be honest, if we're peeling the onion back, video is an amazing place to play because nothing is real. Now, somebody said, what do you mean nothing is real? Think about it. You could literally take a video that someone has done, cut it into pieces, edit it craftily, and create something that is different than what initially took place. So if, for example, I said... I've got this amazing green screen where I can be anywhere and help you promote your sponsors. Mm -hmm. And let's say I don't have a lot of equipment, but I can get B-roll that shows, you know, someone behind a camera and all of a sudden there's a switcher taking place. Well, okay, so I don't have that there. Mm -hmm. But at least I can create something that in the image of the person watching it says, you got this. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. There's a way to be able to make this happen. So you're looking at what is the best you can find that you're able to recreate or replicate or at least use as a stimulator for your imagination because the meeting planner needs your imagination to help them see what is possible. For tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. I'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.